So that was a little taste of what camp was like. I showed the video, obviously first service, and someone came up and they're like, wow, like that scene where you're like sitting in the chair and looking up, like you must be having a really good moment with God. I was like, uh, think about that. I just drank a gallon of milk in 12 minutes and I was trying to hold it in. So that was a moment with God. I was praying a lot. So that's how, that's how the beard went away. Gabe beat me. But, um, so, so <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to share with you guys something that we learned at camp and what we learned at camp. So the camp speaker was Darren. He actually, if you were here about a month and a half ago, he actually uh, came and preached here. But the whole idea, uh, the whole theme of camp was life disrupted, right? And uh, I wanted to share with you and I wanted the students actually to hang out with us this service because I think it's important for all of us to be on the same page of what we learned and uh, kind of share with you of all the things that God did, um, well, some of the things that God did at camp, right? So Darren, first night comes up and he introduces two different types of people, right? Uh, there's the introvert and the extrovert, right? And you guys have all heard of that. I would like to say there was a third group of person. I like to call it the Brent, who's a shy extrovert. So he's just uncomfortable all the time. So, um, so, but there's, for the sake of this argument, there's the introvert and the, uh, the extrovert, right? And the extrovert, you know, these people, you love them sometimes. Uh, you might be married to them. They just wake up in the morning and they're happy to be alive. And their power pose is just like, woo, yes, I love you. And Jesus loves you. And I want to talk to you about it, right? And it's wonderful and great. And the extrovert, uh, sometimes like me, uh, it wakes up in the morning, looks at the clock and says, nothing good has happened before 10 a.m. I'm going to go back to bed, right? So, uh, so that, that's basically two people. And, and there's a magical place where these two people meet a lot of the time. And it's called the airport, uh, specifically the airplane. Now, the, the, the extrovert, you could tell them who's coming on the plane right away, right? You're sitting there, you look up, and you got your spot next to you, right? And you're like, nobody sit here. And then he or she walks in the door, and they're ready to meet their lifelong best friend, right? <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to meet him today. It's going to be great, and we're going to exchange notes and numbers, and I'm going to meet their mom when we fly, you know, land. And all. It's going to be fantastic, right? And then, and then there's that person, and then the smart, normal person who sits down and, and, and oh, uh, it was a joke. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so they sit down, and the best seat in the plane, right? that window seat and you could sit down there and you got your safe place in the world is over here and you got your window and this is freedom and it's happiness and you can look out and no one hopefully is going to bug you unless <laughs> the extrovert comes right and, and they sit down and you sit down and you look out the window and it's great right there's two different types of people there's the extrovert and the introvert well inside the introverted lifestyle there's beginner intermediate and advanced right so you got the beginner sits down, looks out the window, right? The world can interrupt them, bug them, all that stuff. They're going to be like, hey, do you want a soda, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they'll look. They'll go back to what they're doing. Beginner, right? Uh, we got the intermediate, which uh, you haven't, if you haven't seen one of these, uh, you don't have a high school boy because it's, I think it's one of the, the one things that makes you a high school boy. These are noise-canceling headphones. So uh, what you do is for the intermediate, introvert, you sit down and you got your headphones on 
And even if you hear the person next to you, you don't hear the person next to you, right? Uh, so you put the headphones on and you look out the window and every once in a while they'll tap on you or something like that. And like, where are you going? And they're like, oh, the same place you're going because we're on a flight, right? So you sit there and then, and then you look back on the window and you say, yes, I'd like a Diet Coke. And then you look back in the window, right? That's the intermediate, right? And then there's the advanced, now, the advanced, uh, let it be known that it has to be a camo jacket because then you blend into the plane more. But um, you got not only do you have the window seat, not only are you looking out the window seat, not only do you have the noise-canceling noise headphones, you got the hoodie, right? And the hoodie is for people who are extroverts, just to let you know. It's, it's, you, you don't even want people to know if you're alive or not. That's the only interruption that you want. It's like, listen, we're going to, from SF to Miami. It's been six hours, and this dude hasn't moved. Let's check if he's alive, right? That's the only time you want to be interrupted, right? Well, sadly, that's how um, we treat God a lot of the times, Right? We, we have our little world, we have our safe place, and every Sunday between, oh, I don't know, 11 or, and 12.15 or 11 and 1, if Scott's preaching, uh, we, we'll sit there and w- some magical happens where we're Christian all of a sudden, and we go to church, and we do all this Christian stuff, but then at 12.30, 1 o'clock, like uh, we go back to our normal lives, right? You interrupt the guy, but at the end of the day, he's just, whatever's going to happen, don't bother him. He's going to look at you and then go back to whatever he's doing, right? So, um, and that's the same way with God. So God, point number one, God can either interrupt or disrupt our lives, we have, uh, Darren gave us two examples of this in the Bible. First being the interruption was uh, with the prophet Jonah. Uh, if you guys have been here for a little while, we just went over Jonah a little bit ago. So I don't need to tell you this because I know your memory is perfect. But in case you're new here, we learned about a prophet named Jonah and uh, the book named Jonah. We're going we're gonna to start off in chapter 1, 1 verse 3. And we're, this is not a normal sermon uh, we're going to be jumping around a lot. So if you don't, Scott's not here, I won't say. If you want to just look at the thing, okay, it's okay, just look at the thing. But we're going to be jumping around a lot. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Um, what was Jonah doing before the word of the Lord came to him? Right answer. Nobody knows and nobody cares, right? He was doing his own thing and God, a message from God came to him. That's the initial uh, interruption. Now we're going to see if it's an interruption or a disruption, right? But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord. That's a good sentence, right? I'm sure that will work out for him. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. See, Jonah was the guy, the introvert on the plane, the the Brent on the plane, right? He was doing his own thing. God came up. He received the message. And he's like, cool, but not cool. I'm going to keep doing my own thing, right? 
Um, that's the interruption. Now we know from the story that that interruption turns into a pretty big disruption in the, in the form of a fish. But um, that's the first case. The second case is the disruption. And I think when we look at the Bible, this is probably the best example of a disruption that we have. It's Acts 9, 1 through 9, and it's the story of Saul that turns into uh, Paul. So it says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to them, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, why, or who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who, are, who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days uh, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So with Saul, we have this experience where Saul was doing his own thing, murdering, persecuting Christians, and God encounters him. And for a very beautiful chance, beautiful opportunity, Paul, or Saul, rather, does not go back to what he was doing. He follows what Christ is calling him to. Well, that was kind of the definition of what the difference between interruption and uh, disruption is. But practically, what's the difference? Well, when God calls us, we have an opportunity to surrender. Um, Jesus, right, he's talking to his disciples and to other believers, says this in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, Matthew sixteen twenty four is a great verse. And, and, and everyone should know it, and everyone should learn it, but we have come to accustom to this verse. This verse has, has become soft to us, and the impact that it had with the original audience is simply not there anymore, right? Um, saying to pick up your cross, there was one outcome to picking up your cross. It was your own death, right? Uh, we don't like it. But it's ugly, right? The cross, we, in Christianity, the cross is a beautiful symbol, right? Uh, for good reason, right? We want to remember what happened on the cross. We want to celebrate what happened on the cross. But we also have to understand that the, gro- the cross was brutal, right? If I can translate this verse into modern-day terms, it would basically say, pick up your lethal ejection and follow me. Something ugly, it should give you a little like, that doesn't sound right. That's the point, right? Um, it, there's only one outcome, and that outcome is difficult, right? When I, uh, when I was in high school, I, for the first time, was taking this whole Christianity thing 
um, seriously. And uh, I believe that God was calling me to um, leave my friend group, right? Uh, they weren't the best influence, and God was calling me out of that. I didn't know what I, what I was going to. I didn't know who I was going to hang out with after, but I knew that God was calling me to leave. Um, it's hard. Surrendering is difficult, right? Um, a couple months ago, I guess more than a couple months ago now, but uh, probably like four months ago, uh, Jody and Giuseppe left. They were surrendering their career, their lives to God, and they left to move to Oregon. Um, it was difficult for everyone. It was difficult because they just had a baby, and moving when you have a baby can be a little hard, right? Uh, it was difficult because Rock Bible Church was, as Giuseppe said many, many times, was the best experience, job experience he had. Um, it was difficult because they had friends, right? Um, it was difficult for us because Giuseppe is great at getting kids to love him, right? Um, it was difficult because, uh, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the house when Giuseppe got in front of the youth group and told him he was leaving, right? Um, it was tough personally because when he decided to leave, I knew that I was losing my closest guy friend. It was tough. Um, we witnessed something Saturday night. I witnessed something Saturday night. Darren came up, said that, you know, it's the surrender and all this stuff, and he brought out a big white flag, right? And if you know anything about war, big white flag means that you've surrendered, all right? So he, he brings it up, lays it on stage, and, and, you know, as the band came up and they were singing songs, he says, I believe that God is calling you to surrender something. And I don't know if you've ever met a junior high or high schooler, they don't tend to be open <laughs> with their weaknesses. They don't tend to be open with emotions, right? Um, because the world is a rather mean and brutal place, right? But even though, um, even though they were in a room of close to 50 people, even though they were in a room that's unfamiliar to them, I saw wave after wave after wave of student come up and write something that they need to surrender to God. Why would they do that? Why would you do it if it's so hard? Well, that's, that brings us to point number three. When God disrupts, life gets better. And that is the beautiful um, aspect of all of this, right? At the end of the day, because, you know, I was there, at the end of the day, when Jody and Giuseppe left, I can look a student in the face and say, it's going to be better. And certainly not because of who I am, because Giuseppe is great at meeting kids and I'm okay, right? Um, not because of anything I did, but because I know at the end of the day, if God is calling Giuseppe to Oregon, Giuseppe is on God's will. He's on God's plan, 
right? God's going to be with Giuseppe. He, he had people that love him, that support him there. He's at a church that just adore him, and he's working with homeschool kids, which is just a new chapter in Giuseppe's life, right? That it's going to grow him and challenge him. And Bayhorn, Bayhorn has babies there that he gets to play with and hang out with. And Jody has other moms that are doing this for the first time and moms who aren't doing this for the first time that can come alongside her and help her in this new journey, right? But the beautiful part is that it's not only just better for him, it's better for us. He didn't take God with him, right? Like he, God went with him, but he didn't take him with him, right? Like God is still here. I could say with certainty that it was better. Why? Well, we took more kids to camp this year than we ever have before in the past. And I'm talking double digit more, right? Uh, for the very first time, we had a youth band, a youth worship band at camp. Proud of you guys. That Jan has invested into and now Bryce is investing into that we, we simply didn't have. It's better, right? So uh, can I, at the end of the day, can I sit up here and tell you that if God calls you to um, quit your job and you're making, like, I'm just, I'm just throwing out numbers, you're making five figures, you quit your job, he's going to give you a better job, so you're going to get six figures. I'm not going to say that. Right? I'm not, I'm not going to say that like God's calling you, if, if God calls you outside of California, he's going to change the weather in Missouri and it's going to be 72 every day. And, right? Like, no, I'm not going to say that. But what I am going to say, life gets better. Um, there's a question. Whenever you talk about sacrifice, whenever you think uh, about dedicating something to God, it's the initial question that a lot of people have um, and they may not verbalize it, but they'll, they'll think about it, right? If I choose to follow God, what am I going to lose? If I choose to follow God, what am I going to lose? See, everyone, at the end of the day, you have a priority list, right? You, you probably don't have it written down. It'd be a little weird if you did, but you have a list of everything that's important to you, right? At the top, it's... Um, family and friends and God and house and your job and your reputation and it keeps going down and down and down and down and down. And when you when you when God encounters you, you say, sure, but I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do this and that and the other thing. And that's what happened with Jonah. God encountered Jonah, but at the end of the day, Jonah said, I'll follow God but I'm not going to Nineveh because well, that place is no good, right? I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because that, that, that's no good, right? But at the end of the day, we know it's better. So the question is not what do you lose? The question is what are you missing out on, right? Um, I can't tell you that you're going to be paid more, but I can tell you my own personal story, you know? Um, I was at a church for 16 years, which is a pretty long time. God called me out of that church. I had a job that was pretty decent. I liked it. Boss liked, boss loved me, right? I had to quit so I can go to seminary. I had to focus on school so I could take this one class that no one wanted to take. 
So I can learn about this random denomination called the Baptists, and I can learn about how there's actually a church in Pleasanton. You guys should try it out sometime. And it's called Rock Bible Church. And, and if I was so worried about what am I going to lose about leaving this church, what am I going to lose about leaving this job, what am I going to lose about doing this, 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 the other thing, I would never get here into this room right now. Scott. He was, God called him to do church work, and he was at a church, right? Check. No. God called him out of that to do the very dumb idea of starting a church. That's very hard, and it's very difficult. If he was too worried about what he's going to lose, no one in this building would be here right now. If Joe Giuseppe didn't worry about, oh, it's California, it's beautiful all the time, Oregon, what the, you know? What would our ministry look like? What would their ministry look like? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pray for us right now, and then we got a couple more songs. So, Father... We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you care about us and you care about us enough to disrupt our lives. God, I pray that we, um, we don't let it be a sim- simple interruption, but we make it into a disruption, God, that we follow what you're calling for us in our lives, God. I pray for all these things in your name. Amen.